1: And without further ado, let's begin. Like many people, I have been quarantining in my house in CA for some time now, mostly spending the time hopping on work calls and gaining weight really, but a friend told me to post this story here, so here it goes. So one night last month around 10:30, I was eating dinner. I live in a pretty rural area where houses are spaced farther apart and the main town square has got to be at least some two miles from where I live i.e. the police department and that night I get a knock on the door which is odd at this hour but I open it anyways expecting that it's a package but there are three dudes in these dirty yellow hazmat suit type things with face shields as well and I was taken aback and mumbled something like, uh, hello? One guy holding a clipboard introduced themselves as a disinfection team sent by the county and that groups of them had been going around the towns in the county to inspect houses to make sure that they're sanitized. I wasn't buying it though, so I asked them to give me a minute and I called my neighbor. I asked him about the disinfection team and he told me that it could be a scam and to ask for a warrant or call the cops. So I went back to the door to ask for a warrant, and the men, they were gone. I walked out into my driveway baffled and glanced down the street. No cars in sight, just the warm night air. I contemplated calling the police, but I didn't think that it was worth it in the end. So I just went back inside, locking all the windows and heading upstairs to watch some TV. About an hour later though, I was still watching TV, and... I hear some things fall over in my backyard on the patio. I heard it clear as day because the patio was below the bedroom window to my left which was wide open. I was too lazy to check it out though so I just stuck my head out the window to look around and nearly died on the spot when I see one of those guys in the hazmat suits messing with my back door. I reacted quickly yelling, hey the cops are on their way and that sure got their attention. He yelled something unintelligible and hopped the backyard fence. I saw the two other guys running around the side of my house too, and they all hopped the fence and ran off into the woods beyond my house. I picked up my phone from the nightstand and dialed my local police, explaining the situation as I could still see the yellow figures disappearing into the woods. The cops eventually came though, and we made a very creepy discovery. The two guys who had been around the side of my house and apparently been trying to pry open my dining room window with a crowbar. I asked if they could check it for fingerprints, and I kid you not, one of the officers responded with, What do you think this is, the CIA? And quite honestly, that just really ticked me off. I don't know what it is, but it just seems like small town police officers don't really care. At least the ones where I live anyway. But the men had been wearing gloves anyway so it didn't matter in the end. But I guess I just wanted to inform everyone and let this be a lesson. Because I sure do hope that nobody else falls victim to this kind of scam. So about two years ago a friend of mine had moved into his own apartment. The sofa that was in it was old and worn, so he decided that he would try and find one in better condition. And he asked me to help him to look for one, as my dad had a van and we would need to use that to transport the sofa. So we went on Craigslist to have a look at what other people had for sale. We came across one ad that stated a three-seater cream leather sofa, great condition, free to first viewer. There was a picture of it and it honestly looked in perfect condition, so... We thought that we would try and snap it up. Now, the ads had been there for a week or so, so we thought that maybe it was already gone and that they just hadn't taken the ad down yet or something. So my friend decided to contact the seller and nearly instantly got a reply saying that they still had the sofa, and it was available if we could collect it. I was a bit wary that it was still available, I mean a free sofa in perfect condition that had been up for a week? Nobody has taken it yet? I don't know, but we thought that maybe there was something wrong with it that could only be noticed when viewing the sofa and it was maybe hidden from the pictures or something. It was a weekend though and we had no plans, so we decided that we would just go and check it out anyway. So my friend contacted the seller back and organized a time and a place to meet up. They decided on a local McDonald's car park at 9pm as the seller said that he was in work until 8pm and would need time to get ready after work. The seller said that he would be driving a green Honda Accord with a trailer too. So we pulled up to the McDonald's car park at around 8.50pm. There were loads of people around so we had really no reason to think that we would be in danger or anything. At about 8.55 my friend got a text saying that the seller was about 15 minutes away and they asked him to describe what vehicle we were in and so he did so. About five minutes after we had texted the seller what vehicle we were in, an overweight man around 50 years old I would say with a grey scruffy beard and greasy hair approached the driver's side window of the van which was my side as I was driving the van. He was wearing a plain white t-shirt with what looked like maybe food stains all over it with black jeans with holes torn in them and dried up mud stains all over them along with a pair of black steel toe cap boots also covered in dry mud. He knocked on my window, so I rolled it down. Uh, you boys here for the sofa? He said in a sort of gravelly voice. It sounded like he needed to cough, but couldn't get it out. Uh, yeah, I said to him. Rob's car's just back down the road a bit, and uh, his phone battery died. I was with him, and I walked up to get you guys. He's with the car waiting for AA, but you can come down and collect the sofa off of him there if you want. Me and my friend just sort of looked at each other, unsure of what to think. Can I get in your van and we'll go back to Rob together? The guy asked. How far down the road is he? I asked before he replied. Uh, not too far, but I need to show you where to go, right? At this stage, my friend pretended to get a phone call. Hello? Oh, yeah? Oh No way. Really? We'll be right there he said before pretending to hang up his phone. He looked at me and said, Hey man, we gotta go. My dad needs us to help him with a flat tire. I nodded, knowing that it was a fake call for us to get the heck away from this creepy guy. We gotta go now, but we'll contact you tomorrow about the sofa, alright? The guy just stared at us as I rolled up my window and started to drive away. Me and my friend, we looked at each other. Well... That was creepy, man. I got really bad vibes from that guy, man. What about you? And my friend said, definitely. We decided to drive around the back of the car park to see if we could find out if that guy was up to something or not. We could see him standing in the same spot where we left him and he was now on the phone. But as he put his phone down, about two minutes later, a car pulled up with three men in it and he got in. My friend's phone started ringing and... It was the number of Rob, the guy who was supposedly giving away the sofa, and he answered, Hey, uh, c- can you meet tomorrow and I can hold onto the sofa for you until then if you want. As he was on the phone, I noticed one of the men in the car had collected the creepy guy, who was also on the phone too. My friend told Rob that he would contact him tomorrow, that he was busy and couldn't talk right now. And at the same time that my friend hung up the phone, the guy who was in the car also finished his phone call. At this point, I explained to my friend that there was probably no car that had broken down and that that creepy guy was trying to lure us somewhere so as the guys in the car could do, well, who knows what to us. We drove home and my friend blocked the number of Rob and we never did hear from them again. We reported the ad as well, and funnily enough, it was removed the very next day.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: When I was about eight years old, my parents were going through a divorce at the time, and me and my older sister used to spend a lot of time in our grandparents' house. It's a sort of long, ranch-style home on a corner in a very nice neighborhood that's a 10-minute walk from a gas station, grocery store, and a few fast-food restaurants. The streets are long and lined with well-manicured houses cradled by big, scenic California valley hills just all around. We were never very wealthy, though, but my grandpa bought it as a sort of fixer-upper many years ago, and the property value has skyrocketed since then, as you can imagine... It's a very safe spot and although there weren't many other kids in the neighborhood, it wasn't uncommon to see neighbors walking their dogs or pushing a stroller down the sidewalk outside of our house. Although my mum was especially protective all our lives, this particular neighborhood was densely populated and my family knew just about everyone who lived there. She grew up in the neighborhood herself, in fact, so she was understandably trusting. She would, once in a while, let me and my sister walk to the Rotten Robbie gas station on the other end of the block to grab a snack or something to eat. I would usually get a ring pop and my sister would grab like three musketeers before we made our way back home. Now, my sister was about 11 at the time, and this small amount of freedom was a really big deal to us. There was just nothing compared to walking down that street all by ourselves in the summertime, laughing and joking around a couple of dollar bills in our pockets, and I just felt like I owned the world. The one oddity I ever noticed around the neighborhood was a small camper parked on the side of the road opposite to the gas station, right along the backside of the fence of another house. It sat there in the shade like a permanent fixture, all the windows constantly covered by opaque beige curtains. I can't explain why, but it always just gave me this deep sense of foreboding when I passed it. I was almost positive somebody was living inside of it because, at times, I would hear the air conditioning running as it just sort of sat there stagnant at that same spot. But the hairs on the back of my neck would always stand on end as I passed it, particularly as I passed the camper door, and I'd always keep an eye on it for the fear that one day it'd swing open just as I came to pass by. I think what bothered me the most was a drawing taped to the door from the inside. It was a, an extremely messy, uh, a sketch of odd lines in a brown colored pencil that was frustratingly indiscernible. I could see the outline of something, a vague shape, but could never make out what it was intended to be. I never had the nerves to stop and stare long enough to, to really investigate, but each time I walked by, I would just sort of steal a glance. Now, a year prior to the incident I'm about to describe, I was walking with my mum past the camper in the shade. We had just gone to the park nearby and unfortunately had to pass the camper before we could cross the street and continue walking. I didn't want to seem afraid, so I kept on walking right behind her and didn't object when she walked past it. But this time though, I felt a little bit more brave. I was frustrated not being able to decipher what the drawing was for so long, While my mum was feet away, I stopped in front of the camper door and I took a moment to really look at the drawing. Upon closer inspection, the paper was filthy. I remember doing a project in elementary school where we soaked printer paper in black coffee to make it look aged. And that's what this reminded me of. My mum walked on without noticing that I'd stopped following her, but my eyes stayed fixed on the indistinct mass of dirt-caked scribbles until I could make out what looked like to be a tiny, sort of malformed face. And at that, my stomach turned. I immediately felt cold and disgusted as my eyes trailed over to the rest of the image. I didn't know what kind of creature it was at the time, but now I can look back and say that... The drawing was a badly deformed fetus inside a mass of large perfect circles like those made by a circular ring ruler. Its face was contorted as if in pain too. It was so graphically disturbing and seemed to portray this odd sense of suffering that stuck with me for days. As a child, I didn't know how to process that and the mental image still makes me sick to think about. I've never seen anything like it before or since then but adrenaline flooded my body and my chest hurt with fear. I selfishly thought of my glorious little trips for ring pops though and said absolutely nothing as I followed behind my mum. This was in retrospect a classically terrible idea too. It's one of those things that you scream at main characters in movies for Ever since then my ill feelings toward the camper had been elevated by the drawing on the door but I even thought about it every time that we drove by and about a month later my mum once again graced us with several bucks and permission to walk down to Rotten Robbie and grab our respective snacks. I thought about telling my sister about what I'd seen on the way there but she was older and braver and I was terrified that she might make me cross the street with her to check it out. It was a bright sunny day and I told myself with a false sense of certainty that nothing was going to happen. If I didn't acknowledge it then maybe it would just go away. We walked past the camper and it was thankfully uneventful. On the walk back I was feeling more comfortable and was focused on fighting open my candy wrapper while my sister walked alongside of me. We passed the camper a second time but I didn't give it half as much thought as the first time. I also don't really remember what we were talking about, but I do recall being interrupted mid-sentence as my sister, softly yet firmly, said my name. There was a distinct fear in her voice that immediately set me on edge too, like a bucket of ice water. All my senses heightened and I became aware of everything, including the sound of haphazard footsteps about ten feet behind us. It was accompanied by a heavy rustling sound like a heavy backpack. And nervously I half turned my head to take a look. A man with a long unkempt beard and wearing many layers of ragged clothing stood behind us, eyes unmistakably burning into our backs as he walked. His movements weren't normal though, it was a a drunken shuffle like each of his feet were unimaginably heavy and needed to be moved one grand effort at a time. His shoulders were skewed head tilted downward with a strange arc of his neck. I could hear his shoes scraping the gravel with every step, but rather than seeming genuinely intoxicated, it was almost as if he was intentionally meandering our direction like a zombie with the direct effort to frighten us. Behind him, I saw the camper door was wide open for the first time in all the years that we'd spent living there and realized that this was the man who had been living inside of it. He's following us. I choked out, my eyes filling with tears now. My mind was spinning as I stared straight ahead again, the wide street and sidewalks abnormally empty all around. My sister grabbed my hand. She squeezed it hard enough to hurt without looking my way, speaking carefully under her breath. On the count of three, we race home, okay? She told me in a very serious tone of voice. I couldn't reply through the growing lump in my throat, though, but every single cell in my body understood that we had to put some distance between us and this man as quickly as we could. She began to count steadily while we walked faster, and the most terrifying part is that he started running before we even had a chance to. He must have heard her directions to me and tried to get a head start by sprinting our direction before she got to three. But his steps were noisy and we bolted like deer the instant that we heard him behind us. I'll never forget it too. The chase felt exactly like you imagine in your nightmares. The fear that your pursuer is inches away from grabbing your arm or a fistful of hair. I pictured myself being dragged into the van with nobody around to see or hear me. We ran so fast too that we didn't even have the breath to scream and peering back behind me about 10 seconds later, I saw him running our direction with absolutely none of the impairment that he showed with those zombie-like steps moments before. I think back on it now and he may have been deliberately pretending to be handicapped to lower our guard so that we wouldn't start running. That thought is terrifying but I just can't rationalize this any other way, yeah. We eventually made it to our grandparents' house, though, and without looking behind us, yanked open the stubborn old door before slamming it closed and scrambling past their excited dogs to get as deep into the house as possible. I don't even think we locked it, to be honest, as our main goal was getting within the light of sight of any adults as quickly as possible. My mum was talking to my grandpa at the table and gave us an amused look when we bounded into the living room... Since we were kids, running around wasn't anything out of the ordinary, and she didn't ask what happened as we collapsed on the couch and tried to catch our breath. The inside of the house felt so safe and felt in such good spirits that I didn't even want to bring it up, what had just happened. Like waking up from a nightmare that you didn't want to talk about. I was just desperate to go back to normalcy. I wanted to forget it entirely, to unwrap my candy and act like everything was completely normal for the sake of my own sanity, and that's exactly what I did. I asked my sister a few years back though if she remembered this incident, I'm 25 and she's 28 now, and her response was strange. She remembered immediately without the need for me to provide details, but She quickly sort of waved it off and insisted that he had to have been a bored homeless man, just sort of looking to spook some kids walking home with no real intent to harm anyone. But I don't know why. I'd like to believe that it's some sort of innocent misunderstanding, but like they always say about gut feelings, they're pretty rarely wrong. I feel in my soul that he wanted to hurt me and my sister that day. Of that, I'm sure. I never told her or anyone else about the strange drawing on the door, though, and I'm not sure if my sister saw the open door and connected him to the camper or not. It's one of my biggest regrets, though, as I would hate for any other children to have been less fortunate after innocently walking past the camper in the shade. I believe that he may have chosen the spot between the park and the gas station deliberately due to the number of children walking around the area. Interestingly enough, too, I never saw the camper again a day or so after this, and I'm not proud of how I handled this and would encourage anyone who finds themselves in a similar situation to definitely contact authorities immediately for the safety of others around you. In the end, I don't know if maybe this whole story comes off as melodramatic, but it was very real and it was very frightening in a way that I won't forget anytime soon. This happened over 20 years ago now. I was driving back home with my girlfriend at the time. It was Christmas Eve and my mother's family used to hold a a large celebration at my aunt's house. This was my girlfriend's first time meeting my extended family, but she got on quite well with them. We spent the majority of the afternoon and evening just talking, playing poker, opening presents and drinking an assortment of adult beverages. My girlfriend had been quite uh, tipsy by the time that we had to leave, so I would be doing the driving us home. It was around 11pm or so, I was driving my girlfriend's car along Highway 211. Now, this stretch of the road is surrounded by farms and dense patches of forest, and parts of it are sort of unlit. But nothing to fear, I grew up in this area, so I knew this road like the back of my hand. The both of us were just driving and talking away, just two young lovers making the most of our moment together. And there's a portion of this highway that descends down an enormous hill before crossing Deep Creek. Surrounding both sides of the road, there are thick forests, but there's no lights there obviously. And the only thing that we could see was the area directly in front of our headlights. I drive down the hill, cross the bridge and uphill through more forest. And it's as the highway starts to flatten out that it happens. Something sprints across the road so suddenly that I almost hit whatever it was. I slam on the brakes, I turn to my girlfriend and ask her if she saw it too, and she confirmed that she had, but she couldn't make out what it was either. Maybe it was a coyote, as they are a fairly common sight in this area, but something just felt off about it. Whatever it was that ran in front of the car, it disappeared into the woods next to the road. Coyotes don't usually just sort of dart out in front of cars like that. Not like that anyway. So for some reason I decided to check it out. I turn the car around and I switch on the high beams to better light up the forest in which this thing had vanished in. I even step out of the car and I walk towards the woods. I don't see anything at first but now it feels like perhaps I'd made a grave error because... My heart was pounding and the hairs on the back of my neck are standing at full attention. But I still don't see anything unusual in the trees. When suddenly, the car's horn blasts. It's not a beeping too that you'd get if you say your driver or passenger wanted you to hurry up and get in the car or something. No, this was a long blaring beep. I walk back into the car and I ask my girlfriend why she leaned on the horn like that she didn't say anything and instead she pointed to a spot about 50 feet from where i was standing i looked over in the direction and that was when i saw it surely this was the thing that ran in front of our car it was a man and he was completely naked his skin was covered in dirt and mud and in one of his hands he was holding something that looked like a hatchet he looked back at us And then he smiled and waved to us just before turning around and just walking back into the forest. Needless to say, we got the heck out of Dodge, and once we were safely driving again, my girlfriend explained what had just happened. While I was trying to look for the man in the area, he initially vanished in. He circled back around and came out from another spot in the forest, beyond my car headlights. My girlfriend, thankfully, had seen something out of the corner of her eye, and that's when she saw him. Before she honked the horn, he was allegedly walking towards me too, his hatchet raised as if ready to make the strike. We called the authorities once we got back home safely, but they never found anybody, or if they did, they just didn't tell us. But the officer that we did speak to explained his theory and said that The man was obviously looking to ambush unsuspecting lone travelers for lord only knows what reason. And we all agreed that my girlfriend's quick thinking saved my life that day as it let my potential killer know that I wasn't alone out there. I actually moved back into the area recently too so I now drive that highway often. No naked hatchet man sightings yet but I can tell you that I'm definitely extra vigilant these days. Especially near did Creek. So my mum was really good friends with her family up the street. She would take us kids to go and visit with her all the time in fact. And every time my two year old at the time sister saw a certain male of the family she would just start screaming her head off. And yet my mum still kept visiting them or letting them come over. Fast forward four years later, though, and the creepy man's wife passes away. She left their small daughter behind, and we come to find out that the dad got arrested for molesting the daughter. I guess my sister just got a bad vibe from this guy, and she was spot on. A few years later, though, I'm 12 years old and home alone. Another one of these family members stops by my house, and since I know him, I let him in. He asks to see my room. He's about 20 years old, but me being young and naive at the time, I oblige. And as soon as he's in my room, he grabs my face and tries to kiss me. I pull away quickly and asked, what the heck does he think that he's doing? And he said that I had gotten so pretty, which made me feel sick. Luckily, we both heard the front door open and slam shut, so he rushed out. My mum realised that something was up though, and... Never let anyone from this family ever come around again. For reference, I live in the UK and as I write this, it's currently 3.30 in the morning and what I've just witnessed occurred between 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock in the morning. So, I live across the street from an elderly couple, I'd guess around 75 years old. They seem pretty normal from the outside, although I've never really spoken to them. I usually see that their lights are out though by the time that I move into the bedroom to lay in bed for the night and not really sleep. But tonight I was laying in bed as usual watching YouTube videos on my phone when I heard what I would guess was the slamming of the boot of a car across the street. I saw the old lady getting into her car and driving away this in itself seemed uh, a bit odd since it was usually the old man that would drive all the lights in the house had been left on but i decided to just forget about it since she might have had some sort of an emergency i heard her drive back into the driveway around an hour later as she seemed to speed into it she appeared to be in a hurry as she was pacing around the car fairly quickly until she disappeared into the house for a couple of minutes when she returned, she was carrying a stepladder and some hand wipes. She placed the stepladder into the boot of the car and proceeded to use the wipes to wipe down all the window sills on the front of the house, which was weird, and once again sped off down the road. All the lights in the house were still left on, which, again, was strange, but I've been peering out the window for about 20 minutes now with no sign of movement in the house, which makes me wonder where the old man would be. I definitely recall seeing him earlier today as... He usually waters the front garden every evening, and I don't know if I'm interpreting this wrong, but something about this just doesn't seem right. Anyway, I stayed up until just after 5am to see whether she would come back or not, but nothing more happened up to that point. I've now woken up to see that her car is back, along with their other car that I couldn't see last night. They have a rounded driveway which isn't really completely visible from the window. I assume the other car was behind the bushes though. It is completely possible that the old man had driven somewhere that night and she had driven to join him. I agree that the unexplained behavior does seem like maybe dementia or something and it is the most likely reasoning I suppose. But for both cars to now be visible I assume that they're both in the house and I'll keep an eye on the house today for any sign of the old man. Update. So I was out during the day today and when I returned, another car was in the driveway once again with what seemed like a note stuck up on the porch window. I didn't want to walk up to the door in case someone was in there. I was heading out again for the evening, but as I was pulling out of the driveway, they both returned in the same car. The old lady had been driving the night before, with the old man driving like he usually does. It's possible that the other car had been kept in the garage last night, as that's where I suspect it is now, but I'm still going to keep a lookout because something just seems fishy all of a sudden. This experience occurred when I was about 15 or 16. I was also with a friend of about the same age and his dad too. We were in the woods behind our houses, and we lived in the same neighborhood. We went into these woods many times to hike around and play paintball and whatnot. And one day, we decided to go a little bit deeper into the woods just to, you know, check it out. A little background too is that this is an old growth forest protected wetlands that are a few square miles and surrounded by roads on all four sides, located in the northeast of the U.S., For a while we were just wandering along and it was mid-late spring so the forest was pretty lush and green when one of us sees a small patch of white coming through the woods. It stood out pretty easily in contrast to the green leaves so we decided to investigate and the three of us headed off in the direction towards this mysterious white spot coming through the leaves. Now if you've ever walked through dense woods before then you'll know it's difficult to walk in a straight line because of fallen logs and brush and whatnot. We keep walking though towards this object for what seems like a while, I've racked my brain but really can't recall how long too, but this white object still hasn't come into focus, it still looks like a a white blot and it's just as far away as when we first spotted it. We didn't think too much of that at first, or at least I didn't, and continued walking in this direction. It must have happened two or three times that we'd walk towards this thing for a few minutes, stop and notice that we still weren't getting any closer. At this point too, I think there was a little bit of tension building, but nothing too out of the ordinary. At some point though, as we're getting closer, we notice the object is starting to fill out. We can clearly see now that it's a tiny white house on a hill. I'd say the structure was about the size of a shed that you might keep a lawnmower in. We were excited, too, because, well, how often do you come across something like that? It's still a little ways away, but again, very obvious this little white house is what we had seen and been walking towards. So, as we continue towards this little house, we lose it from sight momentarily as we go up and over another hill in front of it. But as soon as we get to the top of this hill, the small white house is just gone. We sort of just stand there confused looking at each other but then continue walking up the hill that we had previously seen this house on. This last part happened really quickly too but we get to the top of the hill still looking at the other hills close by to see if maybe we just got turned around or something and we'd see the little house until one of us noticed an old foundation in the ground at the top of this hill exactly where the house had been. The shape of the foundation was exactly the size of this mysterious vanishing white house and I barely had time to notice the foundation when all three of us heard growling that got louder and louder until it must have been as loud as a chainsaw. Nothing was said too, but the three of us, including my friend's dad, just sprinted out of the woods in the direction that we came. I don't recall ever discussing what happened with the two others I was with that day, but Man, was it freaky. Since this happened, I've tried looking on Google Maps for maybe some kind of an indication that the house was there and we just lost it, but the forest is just too thick to see anything. About a year and a half ago, I told my brother what had happened, and we went back into those woods looking for this house, or the foundation at least, but we didn't find anything... Although our search wasn't very thorough because it was winter, so it was pretty cold, and with snow on the ground, it was hard to pick out what might be the White House from the surrounding snow. Long story short, though, we never saw that house again. G'day, mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode, too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media, too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you, mates, in the next one.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality.